You're listening to Think Blockchain with your host, Jerry Cuomo. Thank you, DJ, and welcome all to Think Blockchain, a podcast for those curious about blockchain's evolution to a Web3 future. Last week, I went to Walnut Creek Amphitheater in Raleigh to see Blues Traveler, Jewel, and Train. My wife, who has a mission to get me out from behind this desk from time to time, purchased a set of lawn tickets for the two of us to enjoy a summer afternoon together listening to music. But when we arrived, we had an issue with the tickets. You see, my wife purchased the tickets as a resale from a ticket marketplace, and the original owner didn't have the rights to transfer ownership through that marketplace, or something like that. We ultimately worked it all out, but this made me think, when you buy a ticket, what is it that you're actually buying? And when I heard myself think that, I started to think of similar questions about when buys other types of digital assets, like tokens or NFTs. So in today's episode, we're going to explore how emerging technologies, including blockchain, could help manage the rules, entitlements, and licensing across a diverse ticketing ecosystem. And for that conversation, our guest today is a true ticket innovator using modern digital rights management software, including blockchain. Matt Zaracina, who runs one of my favorite startups called True Tickets. True Tickets provides a scalable and secure digital ticketing delivery experience that integrates with many of today's existing ticketing platforms. So with that, I'd like to welcome Matt to Think Blockchain. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Jerry. Nice to be here. Great to have you on. We have so much to talk about today. So if you don't mind, I'm going to jump right into the first question, which is, why do you love what you do, Matt? Why do I love what I do? Part of that is based on when I worked in a past life as a consultant, right? And people in consulting would joke, there's there's always kind of three things you want, right? It's your ideal industry, your ideal project, your your ideal team. And I, I would say that I get all three with True Tickets. We have an amazing team. We're working in a very cool industry. We have very cool customers, right? Like Boston Symphony and the Seagram Center and, and too many to, to name, right? And I'd add to that, they like the problem we're solving for them. And so in many ways, this is the first instance in my professional career where I've gotten to work with an amazing team solving a challenging problem, one that our clients want us to solve in an industry that's that's really fun, right? I mean, when you go to live experiences, whether it's sports, arts, entertainment, you're going to escape, right? You're, you're, going, to, you're going for enjoyment. And we get to tackle that every day at True Tickets. Okay, let's keep going on True Tickets. You're the co-founder, the CEO. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little about what True Tickets does. True Tickets is a B2B enterprise SaaS solution for secure digital ticket delivery. And really what we are is an enforcer or a custodian of the ticket from the sale of a ticket to the scan of a ticket. And what we ensure is that rules that our clients, what we call the rights issuer, the issuer of the ticket, put around the ticket are enforceable from that period of sale to scan. All right, Matt, I think I've got it. You're not a ticketing company and you're not a ticket marketplace. Then what exactly is your relationship with those guys? Is there a reference or analogy that can help us better understand that? Well, the, the best analogy, Jerry, is to, to look at a different industry. And I think this is one that IBM was involved in. So it was Sabre, right? Which is essentially the, the backend infrastructure for airline ticketing. And 
it's evolved to become ITA software, which I believe is now Google Flights and is used in different variations. But when you look at essentially why, you know, if your Delta flight's canceled, they can book you on JetBlue, it's because of Sabre. Right. And when you think of the the issues in the live entertainment space, there is no Sabre. There is no infrastructure to provide chain of custody or transparency in an, in an efficient and scalable way. Right. And so when you think about our relationship with the other various actors in ticketing, and I think it helps if you break down three distinct segments in ticketing, there's ticketing systems, there's ticketing marketplace, and there's ticketing vendors. You know, we aim to be a vendor that is the, the infrastructure that connects all systems and all marketplaces, essentially building or providing what Sabre does for the airline industry. But we want to do that for live event tickets. Matt, that was real good and very clear. Now, let's chat about digital assets. And there's a lot of talk out there on this topic, including adjacent topics around tokens and NFTs. You wrote a real cool piece called NFTs Shouldn't Be Tickets and Here's Why. Can you share a summary of that story with our Think Blockchain audience? Yeah, and, and I encourage everybody to, to check out the, the Medium post on it so they can, they can see the detail. And one of the, the aims of True Tickets, right, is to, to follow an approach that I actually followed in corporate innovation, which is one around... Jeff Bezos, right? He, I'll paraphrase him here, but he's quoted as saying, everyone always asks me what's going to change. No one ever asked me what's not going to change. And he built Amazon on this idea that everyone's always going to want higher quality products. They're going to want them cheaper and they're going to want them faster. There's not a world in the future where somebody wants to pay more for less quality stuff and have it arrive later, right? Uh-huh. And this is where it gets into the, to the nuance and really understanding the problem you're solving. And in ticketing, what people need to understand is you're not buying a thing. If you talk to the Boston Symphony, if you talk to the NFL, if you talk to the Boston Red Sox, when you buy a ticket, you're not buying an asset. Even though it looks and feels like something you own and should be able to do whatever you want with, you're not buying a thing. And it's in some ways very similar to what happened to music and movies around 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you used to buy, you and I probably used to buy, maybe not some of the listeners, things that looked and felt like assets, right? You bought a CD for music, you bought a DVD for movies. And you felt that you had this thing that you could kind of do whatever you wanted with. And with the evolution of the internet, people started posting movies and music on the internet. And obviously, the, the creators of that content got very upset because that's their IP and that's their thing they own. And, and you saw this transformation happen about 20 years ago with music and movies. And now you don't buy a physical thing for the most part. You're essentially just buying a, an all-you-can-eat license to listen to a song on you know, iTunes or Spotify or Hulu. And, and the same is true for ticketing, is that a ticket is a revocable license. It's not an asset. And when we go, when we look at things like tokens or NFTs, those are assets, right? And NFT by definition is, is an asset. And that's not what a ticket is. Now, can you architect an NFT to act like a license? You can. I would argue that that's just a suboptimal use of technology, right? I, uh -huh. I mean, I'm a former helicopter pilot. You can fly a helicopter from Boston to San Diego. It's not the most efficient way to get there. Okay, Matt. Let's stay on your Tickets Are Not NFTs article. Now, what really made me go, hmm, was the example you shared about how a professional basketball owner who was causing some sort of ruckus on the sidelines of a game was ejected, fined, and banned from the seat he essentially owned. And this drives home the point that tickets are not property. They are revocable licenses to an experience, like you just said. And the rules are made by the issuers. So how does this work? Is there a feature of True Tickets that makes rules and licensing of digital assets easy? Yeah, and this is really exciting for us. We're actually rolling out a feature that we think is going to be very well received by our client base and, and our potential clients and our, our industry, and that's rules-based ticketing. 
again, years ago, I, I remember going to like a Vikings playoff game and getting a cardstock ticket and flipping it over. And there was all this fine print on the back. And nobody ever reads the fine print, but essentially those are the terms of use, right? Those are the terms and conditions associated with that revocable license. And technically or theoretically, if you violate those, you can be removed from the event. You can no longer access that experience. And as tickets now are becoming digital, the ability to enforce rules and enforce conformance to those rules is actually becoming much easier. And so when we think about ticketing, we're starting off with ticket sharing and, and we're, it's not just ticket forwarding, right? It's not just having this thing that I can forward and there's no chain of custody, there's no transparency. But for our clients, with, when it comes to rules-based ticket sharing, anytime someone accepts a ticket, that information is being provided real-time back into our client's ticketing system database. It's not, they don't have to access anything at True Tickets. It's being provided immediately to them. And our clients to start will also be able to set rules around how tickets are shared. In that, and those rules to start are one, can this ticket be shared? Full stop. So I, I get a ticket, I buy a ticket, I can either share it or I can't. The second one is, can that ticket be reshared, right? So let's say, Jerry, you and I are, I've got two tickets to Boston Symphony. You and I are going, I share a ticket with you. If the ticket can't be reshared, it stops with you. You can either give it back to me or I can reclaim it. That's all you can do with it. If a ticket can be reshared, you could then send it to your friend and they, they could then send it to their friend. And then I, as the ticket owner, am actually seeing that the ticket's no longer with you, it's with someone else. And the other thing too is the, the venue, let's say in this example, Boston Symphony, they are also getting all that data. They're seeing all that engagement with those tickets. Cool. And the third is what we call essentially owner goes. And so if I buy four tickets, the tickets are shareable or transferable. I still have to maintain one live ticket in my wallet. And that means if I buy those four tickets and the owner goes rule is in place, then I can only share three of the four, but I can't share four of four. What I like about these are these are all just business rules that our clients can implement to the best in a way that's best for their business, right? We are, again, we are just that enforcer. Right. We're not telling them what to do. We're just providing them options. Nice, nice. Now, I have to say, Matt, that you and your co-founders at True Tickets, in my humble opinion, represent true leaders in digital ticket management and have been bold in applying leading edge technology, including permission blockchain. So what have you learned specifically about the role of blockchain here? At the highest level, it, it's pretty easy to explain in ticketing, right? You can, you can Google blockchain and ticketing, and I'm, I don't even know if true tickets will be on, on the first page of search. There's a lot of people looking at it, and I can explain why people are excited about blockchain and ticketing. And it has to do with when you look at just the issues in ticketing and you look at ticketing as a whole, ticketing is a distributed problem. You have multiple people selling multiple tickets through multiple channels, and the thought or the hypothesis that many are exploring with blockchain and ticketing, like we are, is that maybe the best way to solve a distributed problem is with a distributed solution. And that at the highest level is why you see so much activity in the space. Now, where it gets obviously complex is there's technical requirements and there's definitional foundational requirements, right? Is a ticket an asset or a license? Depending on where you fall, that's going to, to drive how you architect or how you try to solve this solution. But at the highest, highest level, the reason people get excited about blockchain and distributed ledger tech and ticketing is because they see ticketing as a distributed problem. Gotcha. Now, it's crystal ball time. Matt, what do you see in the road ahead? Interesting question. I don't know. I hope that our goal, my goal, my vision is that True Tickets is incorporated in that future. And that 20 years from now, when people write about ticketing, that True Tickets is maybe not a, a chapter, but at least a mention in a paragraph somewhere as being a positive agent for change. What I am comfortable saying is, is the future is just going to be different than we expect it to be. 
I think the future is going to be digital. I think it's going to be integrated. I think it's going to be better, but there will be some learning curves and obviously some kind of kicking up dust and, and challenges along that path as, as we get there. I do have one more question, and it's related to this. If there is a big blemish on our digital world today, especially evident in Web3, you know, related Ponzi schemes around crypto and NFTs, or heck, in the non-Web3 world of robocalls, phishing, so much fraud out there, and certainly there is ticket counterfeiting. Do you see your approach eliminating these crooks? You know, I don't think you can eliminate anything fully, right? So there's no such thing as perfect security. And the solutions that are, are going to permeate ticketing or any marketplace, new and emerging solutions that, that permeate, are going to be ones where you know they, they solve the, the 80% problem in an intuitive, seamless, easy, efficient way. And so can you eliminate fraud? No. But one of the things that we are seeing at True Tickets with, with our secure digital ticket delivery solution is fraud and the issues associated with fraud are being cut down anywhere from 90 to 99%. And that is a drastic improvement you know, to what our clients are used to experiencing. And it's significantly impacting them in a very, very positive way. And again, you kind of take it back to music and movies from 20 years ago. You have this new technology, people exploit it, and then comes the ability to then control it. And I, I think you're starting to see the ability to effectively control the issues we're seeing while also taking advantage of the benefits of this technology. Wow, Matt, cutting down fraud 90 to 99% is an excellent starting point. Wow. Well, I have to say we've reached the time where I have to actually thank you for being a guest on Think Blockchain. And I also want to wish you and True Ticket's continued success as you aim to be the saber of ticketing. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Jerry. Always good to connect. Well, with that, let's commit this episode to the blockchain. Oh, if you'd like to read more about this compelling use case, I've included a number of links to articles and blogs written by Matt on this very topic. One last thought. If a tree, or should I say a podcast, falls in the woods, does it make a noise? Well, Think Blockchain has a few sponsors who will be helping us make some noise by providing support for marketing the Think Blockchain podcast and book. Since royalties from the book are being donated to the American Cancer Society, we want to get the word out and make some noise. So, this episode is brought to you by IBM. IBM continues to be a thought leader and world-class implementer of world-scale blockchain solutions. Blockchain for business is IBM's thing. And Think Blockchain Book is filled with examples like Food Trust, Trade Lens, and the New York Excelsior Vaccine Pass, all built by IBM. IBM puts the think in Think Blockchain. I'm also proud to announce that this podcast is also brought to you by Kaleido. Blockchain made radically simple for the enterprise. Visit Kaleido.io today, where you can take a free ride on the blockchain business cloud. Here you can stand up an enterprise blockchain in minutes on AWS, Azure, or on your own private cloud. Kaleido's blockchain as a service combines the dramatic simplicity of software as a service with performance, security, and global reach. Now, if you're a developer, you know building Web3 apps is not a walk in the park. All I'm going to say is, Kaleido recently introduced Hyperledger Firefly and a super node for Enterprise Web3. I hope I piqued your interest here. And if I have, 
You can find links to IBM and Kaleido in the description section of this podcast, where you can also find a link to buy a bunch of copies of Think Blockchain. And remember, buying is donating to fight cancer. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining. This is Jerry Cuomo, IBM Fellow and VP for Technology at IBM. See you soon on an upcoming episode.